We said yesterday that had, uh, had Yaakov Avinu been straightforward with his children, with his family about the status of who was the primary wife and who was the secondary wife, perhaps the conflict wouldn't have happened. Uh, and you know, I, I take that back a little bit. Perhaps the conflict would have been more extreme if he was explicit about who was the primary, who was secondary. It might have caused a greater rift in the division, and they could have just eventually just split uh, into different nations or just different families. Uh, but it's clear that Yaakov didn't want to keep everything together and to be vague about, or to be secretive about who was the primary wife. And there, it, I just want to show two places that Rafaelson mentioned. One is by the incident with the Dudaim where she finds the Dudaim, and they have an arrangement, it's going to go to here, it's going to, it's, it sounds like Yaakov was, a, was an uninterested party, in the, like it wasn't up to him. The, like the, the arrangement was up to them, as far as, them, as far as he was concerned, everyone was equal, it's not, his, uh, not up to him. Another place where it's really... Why, why, is that, why is that from this point, as opposed to just being that that was the arrangement, because... Normal. Right, they had a right. They had a they had a they had a they had a division between them. It's, it sounds like it's it's not it's, it sounds like he doesn't have a choice about it. But you're right. Yeah. It's like right. Schedule. Right. It's good to the question if the schedule was between him and them or between themselves. Maybe between him and them, but they were right. Right, but they were, they were able to to. Because I hear I hear it's you're right. Maybe it's not. But then it's still up to them if they're allowed to switch on him without his consent. They just say you're you're over there tonight. Or... Right. So it's really right if they're allowed to switch on. Right. He's a simple, humble guy. Right. Perhaps I don't know. I, I hear both. I hear both sides. But the the, the place where it's really really blatant is really explicit is when uh, Lavan Yaakov runs away. Lavan catches up with him, and Yaakov basically had enough and he's going to tell Lavan all of the things that Lavan has done to him. He says, if he just tells him, you did this to me, you did that to me. And what doesn't he tell him? You switched my, the, my wife arrangement. The, 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 the biggest offense that, that uh, Lavan had, uh, had, had done to Yaakov is, goes completely unmentioned in that list. And even more than that, he says... I worked for you for 14 years for both your daughters. And it's clear that that wasn't the case. He did not work for both daughters 14 years. He worked for Rachel for 14 years. The first seven were for Rachel. And the second seven were also for Rachel to make up. It was all, it was all for Rachel. But he says, I serve to you too. And he treats them, they're both my wife. He calls his wives, his wives, his wives. He, he really, really goes out of his way to keep it all together. So it's clear that it makes, it, it may, it, we understand why he needed to do it, but the outcome uh, was the conflict between the brothers. That's why I just want to wrap up uh, a point from yesterday. Uh, there's a very interesting point that's brought up from Rabbeinu uh, Bachya. He, he asks Akasha. We know that the, the Medrash tells us that the 10 martyrs that were killed uh, were some, uh, in some level an, at- an atonement for the sin of selling Yosef. Right, that's 
it's a famous medrash that we say the piyut from it. Uh, the ten martyrs that were killed uh, during the time of the Tanoim. They were killed by the, I think, by the by the Romans. All right, Rabbi Akiva. There's a whole list of them. There's a, you'll see. We have it in the in the Machzor, I think. So, yes, Akasha, he says, how many brothers were at the time of, at, were present at the sale of Yosef? Nine. There were only nine brothers present at the sale of Yosef. So why were there ten martyrs? There should have been nine. Right? Reuven was there. There were twelve brothers. Binyamin wasn't there. Reuven wasn't there. That leaves you ten. And Yosef is the victim. That leaves you... Nine brothers selling and one victim. So why do we need atonement for ten? And he gives two answers. And I think whichever answer you choose, or even if you choose not to accept any of the answers, I think the principles and the answers are, are uh, worth uh, considering. And uh, the first one, he says, that Reuven is also guilty on some level in the sale of Yosef even though he had intended to save him secretly. Right? He had a plan to save him. He had a personal, private plan to sell, to, to save Yosef. But uh, he didn't stand up. He didn't stand up for what he believed. How much it cost him? Right. How much did he sell for? Ah, ten. Ten coins. Ten coins. Each of them got one. Each of the nine brothers got one. I don't know. And uh, I think they say that the, 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 the last one, they threw it, and uh, Rabbi Akiva's mother found it, and she bought him shoes with it. What's the meaning of that? We'll just hopefully understand one day. But, uh, okay, so Reuven is considered guilty according to Rabbi Nubahi. Because when the, some, uh, something is done that's uh, incorrect, you should stand up and say something. Uh, even if you have a plan to remedy, there's still a level of responsibility to speak your truth and to say what you believe. Obviously, there's diff- the difficulty with this answer is that you have to be practical and smart. If you know that they won't listen to you uh, and you think that there's a better way to accomplish what you need to accomplish, obviously you shouldn't speak up. You should be successful. Not uh, <coughs> the, the, the need to be successful is much more important than speaking your truth. But he says, on some level, there, there, uh, there was a shying away from speaking the, the truth and standing up and taking leadership. After all, he was the oldest brother, and perhaps if he put his foot down, perhaps they, they would have listened. Yeah. So, but the, as far as the lesson, the lesson is that at some point it's correct to say something uh, and speak out and be true to yourself and say what you believe. Way, even though maybe it's not the most comfortable thing, but that's the first terrace of Rabbi Nubachi. You should say, not hold on like Ruben. Yeah, I think he was going to do the right thing. He was going to fix it, but, but he, he didn't say. say it, right? he, so sometimes you have to say it, even though you should say it. I think even Rashi says something like that. Like, mm-hmm. that I, I remember where, is in one of the later parshas, that Ruben was the oldest. Right. He did have the ability to, to, uh, right. to speak up. Right. And, uh, and, right. and so, like, like it, it wasn't strategic, you know. If that was all he had, he was the youngest brother. Maybe it was strategic. Mm-hmm. But as the oldest brother, I mm-hmm. think it's a very good argument. Right. Right. He could have been uh, swayed them. <clears throat> right. 
and it, and it would make sense that he would forfeit the kingdom over it because that's that's the that's the the opposite of what a king would do. What a leader would do is to you know, to take charge and, and take responsibility and uh, yeah. And, what did Prabhupada said? that Rashi Rashi corroborates this this claim against Reuven. He actually says it that Reuven, had he spoken up, he would have been able to 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 save him. Okay, we'll we'll check. We'll, yeah. we'll see forward, but it makes sense. It makes sense to leave. But we'll we'll see. Then. Okay. But saying, but but another point where Josh is adding that it just makes sense. It, it makes sense as an argument since he was the older brother. Saying if he was a younger brother, then perhaps it would be co- more correct for him to be just be strategic and not speak up. But as an older brother, uh, or as a potential leader of the family, it would make it. It, it, it does. Stand to reason that it would be required of him to say something and speak up and not you know, work behind the scenes. But that's the first terrorist of Ben The second one he brings is that the tenth culprit in the sale that needs atonement is uh, Yosef. Yosef is the tenth culprit. Why? Because he had part in the, he took part in the conflict. He, he was he wasn't completely innocent. He, uh, he, uh, he wasn't as guilty as them, but he, he brought the the the, the row, he said bad things about him. He, he he on some level behaved in a way that uh, drew the fire towards him. And that excludes Ruben from this explanation. Right, right. This Ruben in this explanation Ruben is innocent and Yosef is not. Why? Because Yosef, on some level, drew the fire towards him, and although they were completely unjustified in their extreme response, but he bears some responsibility in in uh, in what they did in their response to him. And the the lesson is that when you're in a conflict, even when you're right, there's some level of responsibility to work towards a positive outcome. Even if you didn't start it and you're completely right, at the end of the day, there's some level of responsibility for uh, an optimal resolution that, that, uh, right, that brings about the, the, the dignity and peace for both sides. And, uh, and especially if you're not completely innocent and you have some part in the conflict, then for sure you're even more responsible to bring about uh, the peace and to bring about uh, uh, an optimal resolution, and to the degree that you didn't, you, you bear some responsibility for the act of your opponent. You, you know, it's a, yeah, but that's, regardless of whether you want to say that this is pshat, in who's, the atone, who's being atoned for as the tenth culprit, it's, uh, I think it's a valuable message. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.